Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to The Engaging Missions Show, Episode 56 with Scott McClelland. This week, you'll find the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Scott McClelland or slash 56. Now, before we get into this week's interview, I wanted to do just a quick shout out for engagingrun.me. As you may know, I'm trying to raise some funds for an organization that's doing some translation over in Ukraine. They're creating training materials for distance learning for Ukrainian leadership. And if you're interested in finding out what's going on there or just getting a good giggle at how slow I run, stop by engagingrun.me. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we discover God's glory in what He's doing around the world. Each week, we hear from missionaries, ministry leaders, church planters, and disciple makers as they share about God's work in their lives and ministries. All right, let's get started. I am really happy to have Scott McClelland on the line with me today. Now, I didn't actually know anything about Scott until Tracy Lawrenson from episode number 40 connected, uh, suggested that we connect. Scott is a husband of 26 years. He's a father of three and a business owner, and he used to be involved in Christian radio back in the 1990s. He's based here in the U.S. and has been involved in persistent short-term missions since uh, 2005, and he tends to focus on Africa and Latin America. As you can imagine, Scott's a pretty busy guy, and it actually took us a few weeks to find a time that worked for both of us, but I am so happy we were able to connect today. All right, Scott, I've given just a little bit of an introduction. Would you mind taking a minute, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry so we can get to know you more personally? Oh, that'd be fine. Uh, thanks for the invitation, by the way. It's certainly an honor, and I appreciate what you're doing to encourage missions. So well, uh, it's, a big, it's a big deal to me. As you mentioned, thanks for the, uh, the kind words on the introduction. <laughs> um, we, uh, yeah, we, we've been traveling. I, FX Missions is the name of our team, if you will. It's not really an agency at this point. We're a small team. But uh, we've, been, we've been going and, and trying to motivate people to go. Uh, you know, in missions since 2005. Um, you know, it's been, for me, very transformational. It's been a great experience for me faith-wise. I've been thankful for it. It's, of course, challenged my shallowness <laughs> in a lot of ways, but <laughs> has also helped me to, I think, maybe embrace, um, you know, challenges that other people face and the reality that other people face that otherwise was invisible to me in my, of course, I think my normal raising in the United States, I, I was, uh, a lot of that stuff was invisible to me, what other people are facing, and, uh, you know, and the, I guess the challenges that face the gospel in different places was something I was unaware of. So I, I, I'm really thankful. I know I've got a ton in terms of uh, personal enrichment 
And hopefully I've uh, continued long enough uh, to be a blessing to someone else as well. So that's, uh, um, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a sketch of my per- perspective of what we're doing. And uh, we're just getting started. Uh, so thankful, uh, thankful for what I've seen so far. Well, that's great. And, you know, as, as somebody who's also trying to encourage and inspire people who care about missions to, to be challenged, to step up, you know, to, to do whatever God is leading them, I can, I can say first off that I'm, I'm so appreciative of what you're been, you've been doing. And then also I can echo that whole being called up short thing uh, from time to time. So I appreciate that. Now, we know a little bit about you. You shared a little bit about yourself. But one of the things I like to do at the beginning is to kind of connect with people based on a motivation, whether it's a, a motivational quote or maybe a key scripture that kind of fuels your life. Would you mind sharing one of those with us and then share with us how it's shaped your behavior over the years? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> deep subject of it. Let's, let's jump off here. Um, I'd say I'm some of my perspective on missions and, and in my faith in general, uh, has been a, a slow realization. You know, I'm, uh, I'm 46 as of last month. Um, I met the Lord at 16 years old and I, uh, pretty instantly came under significant, um, I don't know if conviction would be the right word, but I was just aware of the sense of the presence of the Lord in a strong way, and um, but virtually untrained. I mean, I, I didn't know what I didn't know, and uh, I can remember one specific evening where I was I came under serious concern for a loved one of mine who didn't know the Lord, and I, I wanted to witness to that person and reach out to him. So. I, uh, I I went on a search, tried to find the person, didn't my cousin, didn't find her, and uh, came on back to uh, my grandmother's where I was staying at the time. And just this feeling, this heavy feeling of concern continued to weigh on me. And at that moment, the first time I ever felt like the Lord spoke to me was in this particular moment. It was uh, as I said, about, I'm about 90 days in the faith and no real training, no real s- instruction on if God spoke or if he led or what he did. <laughs> but in that moment, I I, I, uh, I will never forget, she had an old Bible that was gold bound somehow. And uh, my grandmother did. And uh, somehow the, I ended up in the minor prophets, which I was unaware there were minor prophets at the time. And uh, in Habakkuk, I felt the Lord really impressing upon me the verse where it says, Look to the nations and be amazed, for in your days I'll do a work that you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. And uh, so I was uh, I was gripped by that, never forgot it. Of course, we're talking about 30 years ago now. Oh. But uh, at that time, I didn't realize what all that verse would mean to me. And, and, and what it's come to mean is that, obviously, I mean, for, you, for, for me now, I can understand that the Lord was speaking to me about my importance among the nations and being involved among the nations. Look beyond your own border, look to the nations around you, and look to the work that I'm going to do in that sphere, in that space, and, uh, and really prepare to be challenged. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to go beyond what's believable to you. That was a, a life verse. It continues to be a life verse for me. And it's, it's meant more and more over the years and has, you know, 
went on to inspire me to travel uh, in in that in that space and and hopefully have a contribution to people who are uh, who are making a difference in the nations as well. Wow, that's good. I appreciate you sharing that. As we get a little bit further into this, we know a little bit about your motivation, but one of the things I find connects people are the challenges. As we as we look around, sometimes it can seem like we see what I call the Facebook effect. You look around and it looks like everybody's life looks like an Instagram picture of fabulous food and pretty people. And we look at our own lives and you know what we see is the the dirt. We see the what hits the cutting room floor, if you will, from, from the movie analogy. And uh-huh. so one of the things I like to do is connect over a challenge because not only does it help us to connect a little bit more personally, but it also sometimes provides insight for people who are facing something similar. Would you mind sharing with us a time in your life when you faced a significant challenge kind of take us there with you and share with us what was going on and then what god did in that time oh man i may have more examples to work from (laughs) than we could possibly get to i'm trying i'm trying to think about one specifically um you know i think any person who's trying to do something uh who's trying to you know advance or uh, go forward or live fully or grow in their understanding, you know, challenges are guaranteed uh, for the, for, for that kind of a life. And, uh, I, I hear what you're saying about the sort of the PR, uh, nature, the public <laughs> relations nature of, uh, of so much of our lives. Um, I think it is the struggles that, that make us who we are in terms of our consequence. And, uh, you know, and for, you know, hopefully, uh, all my struggles aren't complete. I expect to have uh, more of them. Hopefully, if you're growing, you're having struggles. Um, I, I, one one certain uh, time does come to mind. I I, uh, I was fairly ambitious, especially in the early rotations of my uh, missions adventures, and didn't realize there was actually a limit to how mobile I was across different time zones and everything. Uh, so. I uh, at the time I was helping train uh, short-term missions in a, in a ministry school on the East Coast, and and we were getting ready for our summer program. Uh, we had been training kids in school. I'm I'm talking about young adults here, and we were going to take them out for two and three week uh, stints at the uh, at the end of the year. Um, it, it just so happened that some of our work was in, in Kenya, which was East Africa, and some of our work was going to be in Mexico. So I signed up for both and uh, was going to lead the team in both uh, locations, uh, and I got a, some concerns around the table. You sure you can do that? <laughs> yeah. You know, at the time, I wasn't sure I could, couldn't do it. So absolutely, I was sure I could do it. Well, I shoved off. We had a great trip in Africa, though. The first encounter that you have with Africa, which that was mine, is uh, is mind blowing. Um, so different, uh, you know. It, it's it's impossible to kind of uh, you know prepare yourself for something that is so far beyond anything you've seen and so different. So I got I got hit pretty hard over there just with trying to absorb the environment and and uh, also try to keep my team going, try to keep us. In the contribution column, mm-hmm. uh, I made it back to the states for three days, and then off to southern Mexico. I went, and about two days into that part of the trip, 
jet lag and accumulated fatigue <laughs> caught up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were traveling over a mountain and very rustic transportation, and uh, I had reached I just reached a limit of what I was capable of uh, at the time. I got very ill and had to be uh, request some special treatment. And, uh, you know, those difficulties, I think we face difficulties facing the field and we face difficulties getting activated and, and stepping out. But this particular difficulty was a difficulty that I faced on the field while I was actually in process. And so, you know, the Lord saw us through that. Our team did well, even though my contribution wasn't what I'd hoped it would be because my capacity was diminished, I think, on the basis of being too ambitious. But uh, I'm thankful that, you know, even in those challenges when you're in, you know, uh, the process of what you're trying to execute, uh, the Lord shows himself faithful. And I've experienced, you know, similar difficulties and always encountered the Lord's faithfulness. Um, You know, it's uh, if we're going to move things down the field, we can expect opposition. But uh even though that opposition at times takes a toll on us, in this case it was more or less physically in my case, I, uh, I was thankful to see the faithfulness of the Lord to restore me, and to my knowledge, the, the quality of our contribution wasn't diminished. No, that's, that's amazing. As you're sharing that, I'm flashing back to a time in my life as well where I was young and uh, overambitious. I, this would have been like 1999 or something like that, and I can totally relate to that. And I I appreciate you sharing that. Now I'd like to go to the other end of the spectrum, though, because just like we all have those challenges, those times when God has to sustain us through something, we also have those times when God reveals something to us, whether it's the proverbial shaft of light where God, it just seems like God pours a revelation into our lives, or whether it's something that he reveals to us over a, a long period of time. Would you mind taking us to an experience that you had where God revealed something to you and then share with us what that revelation was? Man, you're you're hitting all my soft spots here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I something does come to mind on that, Brian, and uh, hopefully we can get through it here. <laughs> um, and I, I trust your editor is a good one in case I have a real breakdown. <laughs> He's very very good. Yes, <laughs> excellent. Well, I, I um, my mind goes to the first time. Uh, that I was in uh, Mexico City. This would have been 10 years ago now. Um, I was working in a conference in the north of the city with some other guys, and, and we were, uh, we were, you know, my first time in Mexico City, which is, you know, it's one of the top 10 cities in terms of uh, population in the world. You know, so it's really uh, a big place, I would say I was overstimulated in terms of everything that was around me. Uh, If you've been to Mexico City, you know how noisy it is, and you cannot escape the sound, so you don't rest well. You know, it's uh, it's just a it's just a different place. My first time was uh, was a good time. We were we were tracking in this conference, and I I began to notice some things around me and feel a sense of something from the Lord. You know, so I. I, I can remember we were back from the morning session. We were resting in the hotel, and I began to pray for some of the people that I encountered. Once one person specifically, 
And, and it seemed like in my in my discernment, I was anticipated. I could just sense something was, you know, was there was a rendezvous with, uh, you know, maybe maybe temptation or difficulty for this person. And I was praying for them and saying, Lord, help, help, help. And and uh, and the Lord began to reveal to me at that moment that this person who he had kind of strategically set up for for me to encounter was in very many ways like his church in Mexico. The church in Mexico, the, in the way that he was showing it to me, was young, was uh, trusting, and in some ways was naive, especially when it was uh, when it came to people who were coming from the United States to do missions work there. And the, 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 uh, it was like almost the people who were coming of which I was one were, had an elevated status of, uh, you know, maybe you might call it superstar status. And that this, that, that type of sort of psychological arrangement was, uh, putting, this person and these people at risk for being misled or that missions and missions activity from the United States coming into this kind of environment uh, would be uh, elevated in a way that they used for personal gratification. They, you know, that, that was a, a, it was, it turned out to be something of a lifting of the ego and, and, the Lord went on to reveal to me that, in fact, a lot of that kind of self-serving egotistical missions activity had been in where I was. Keep in mind, this is the first time I was there. I didn't know the environment. And that we had a responsibility to come and serve, not to come and be superstars. And in all of this, uh, the Lord was showing me something that was too big for me to see. And he was trying to reinforce to me his love in a way that was too big for me to feel. Uh, what I would say at that point was I had, a, I, had a, I had a very highly emotionally charged experience where my heart broke not only for his love for the people that were in a different nation than my own, and those things, but also in, the, in a way that accepted responsibility for things that were done, had been done wrong and asked the Lord's forgiveness for those things in this missions outreach. And uh, it, it was, it, it, I, I was interrupted by a knock at the door. One of my teammates came, I opened the door. And he, instantly he knew that I was in the process of being broken. <laughs> mm-hmm. I might have been, uh, you know, down the road a little bit. My brokenness is probably is as broken about anything I've been in my life. Uh, you know, it's certainly top five. Wow. So I, I thank God for that. And the next morning I, I, I repented to the, to the people who we were with. Not that I had any personal uh, sort of contribution to what had happened. But I was made aware of something that I wanted to um, repent on behalf of. I guess you might call it something of 
similar to what Daniel did, you know, in his times. Probably nothing on the order of what Daniel did, but of the kind. And uh, so that, that to me was one of my first revelatory experiences in the field that uh, shaped, I think, that that was my third time to Mexico, first time to Mexico City, and very early on in my short-term missions work, I think the Lord wanted to uh, shape me by that experience and to make sure that I went to serve, to love, and to give myself and not not use the hospitality and the warmness of the environment and friendships for self-gratification mm. and egotistical sort of uh, um status uplift or whatever you call it there. So that, that was, it remains very close to my heart and I'm thankful it happened. It was painful. <laughs> you, you can't see, cause I know we don't have video on right now, but you can't see the huge smile on my face because I'm thinking, you know, this will go, this interview will go live probably in May. So we're coming up on the time when people start preparing for short term missions trips. And mm-hmm. there are some people that need to hear this kind of thing. I, I know that I've been on some short term trips as well. And it's easy sometimes to come in and think that you're the, the great hope that because we come from a nation where we're financially wealthy and we're able to travel and do these things that we're somehow better than other believers or, you know, we've got something of us to give. And so if you don't mind, I'd like to deviate a little bit from the list of questions that I, that I had sent you. And I would like to just ask you, you know, if you were talking to somebody who's preparing to go on a short term trip, you know, in the next couple of months, Mm -hmm. in, in light of what you just shared, what's one thing that you would share with them about how they can approach this? Well, I, I, there's so much to learn in short-term missions, I don't think I've learned uh, the half of it, but I have been paying attention over <laughs> 10 years. I, I, my first mission trip, I was 17, and it was 17 years before I went back to Mexico. So <laughs> both yeah. were in Mexico. So, you know, I, I'm thankful to have had uh, a broad range of experiences. Um, you know, I, um, you know, the five, have you heard of the five S's? of short-term missions. It's kind of a joke. I'm not sure that I have, but even if I had, I'd want you to share it. So let's go for it. So it's like, it's show up, save the country. Is that right? Uh, Maybe the, excuse me. It's the four (laughs) S's. Oh, okay. Show up, save the country, shop for souvenirs, skedaddle. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a little like a uh-huh. tongue in cheek kind of uh, thing, if you will. I'm not. I don't even remember when I where I heard that. But a lot of people who are going out on short term missions for the first time, hmm. they have a sense that they are going to do something that has panoramic impact. And praise God for high expectations and for hope and for faith and for trying to have the most consequential contribution you can. I thank God for that. I, I, that's a part of the process. But it is often creates completely unrealistic expectations mm. for people in their own mind, and nobody's there saying, hey, relax. Keep in mind you're going to serve. You want to be an instrument of the Lord's love. And you want to learn something. One of the key 
factors in my life is when I realized in Romans chapter 1 where Paul's talking about impartation. He said, I, can't, I, I, I long to see you. I want to I I impart to you a spiritual gift to the end that you would be established or made stable, made strong, able to stand on your own two feet. He goes on to say that impartation is, is, a, is a mutual thing. Impartation is not something that we do. It's something that we participate in. And so that's important for us as we're stepping out of short-term work is that we realize that impartation is, is a two-way street and that we are gonna, we're going to receive as much as we give. We're going to give, hopefully, as much as we receive. But we need to be prepared to honor and, and approach our fellow believers and, and lost people that we're going to meet in a different world in a different context, with honor. Not assuming upon them, based on cultural norms or cultural training that we've had, but going to serve, going to give ourselves, and going to receive as well. And I think it's important that if, and and very significant, if we can make that shift in our minds, we want to go, but we're not trying to do it in terms of uh, in a way that's going to elevate our self concept or even establish our self concept. We're doing it to serve and to minister and to give ourselves and to honor and respect those that we go to. Um, impartation is a is something we participate in, and in my experience, this uh, hopefully this isn't a downer. I think I had to take about probably more than 10 short-term trips to be any value <laughs> to the per- to people that I was going to. And what I mean by that is I think what the Lord did in my first 10 trips was primarily, I'm going to say 80% was it, it contributed to me and 20% I contributed. Yeah. So I was shaped by it. Now, that that's that's normal, I think. To have realistic expectations is important. To step out on your faith, to go, to to engage, to do something, those great things happen. But to have a sense that you're going to go up and sh- get, you know show up and save the country, <laughs> you know, right. it, we need to get away from that kind of ideology because it makes us stretch into presumption instead of really you know, stepping forward to serve and give ourselves. Wow. These are, these are powerful words. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, keep going. No, that, that's, that's all I was going to, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's important. Yeah. It's, it's very important. It's powerful what you've been sharing as you were, as uh, you were sharing the, that I was thinking about the idea of, you know, you have to learn how to walk before you can run, but yes. it feels like so many times we, uh, we we expect to be able to play professional ball before we've even learned how to play JV, if you will. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, for me, I can't I can't play basketball at all, so I'd fail off of a inter, intramural team that was all volunteers. But I get where that's <laughs> coming from, right? <laughs> I, I can I can I resemble that remark. <laughs> so, it's powerful things you're sharing. What I'd like to do now is go ahead and transition to your current ministry, what you have going on right now. Just can you share with us maybe just one thing that's really got you excited either about what's going on right now or maybe something you see coming in the future? 
Sure, sure. Well, thank you. I, I, uh, I well, most of our future is still ahead of us here, I guess, as as it is for <laughs> everyone. But you know, we're uh, we're taking steps in FX missions to uh, to try to create a learning context that incorporates learning by doing. Uh, we're we're in the process of doing some arrangement and attempting to create a learning platform, if you will, that helps people on board to uh, short-term missions. There's a lot of agencies that are that are doing short-term work, a lot of churches that are doing short-term work, and and those are those are great things, and I'm thankful for those. I've participated and been involved. One of the things that we hope to do that I'm you know that are is not obvious to me is happening all around is to help people do it well. So talking about kind of a learning context that would be primarily uh, based on the going. So learning as you go. Some people have work to do in short-term missions that, you know, is annually or more frequently than that. Some people have work to do in missions that's going to take them and, and leave them someplace forward in terms of long-term. That, that to me, is, is, is a big part. We're hoping to help the people that we encounter have a more successful go at the short-term work and use that to consider and contemplate long-term involvement. Not everybody's supposed to be in long-term missions. I, I think anytime you hear from a missionary, you know, the – there is an easy sort of switch in our brains to say, "Hey, I, you know, I really should be in Africa or India or or somewhere else." And I, you know, not everyone is supposed to do that. I, I would have to be clear in saying that. But hopefully, those people who are can recognize it, and those people who are supposed to be involved in short-term stuff can recognize that too. We're hoping to add to people's uh, potential to do both of those things well. We're very early in the formative stages of it. We've been taking trips, introducing people to trips, and and trying to use that as a discipleship format, uh, you know, over these past several years. And we're hoping to take the next steps, formalize, and potentially have a mission school of some kind. Though I think the format won't be pencil and paper and classroom. The classroom was going to be, you know, among the nations, so that, that's something. We please do pray for us, and I, I'd appreciate anyone who's listening to this to pray for us that the Lord would make it clear to us as we continue forward on that. Oh, that that's so good. Yeah, one of the things that I think is easy to overlook as you think about ministry training of any kind is that you can learn stuff in the classroom and you should, but so much of it is the reality of beginning to put it into practice because what sounds good in a textbook and in the way you understand it at the time that you're reading it maybe doesn't apply in reality. doesn't mean the textbook was wrong, but it's different when you go to apply it. So I, I'm really glad to hear that you're doing that. I actually uh, have an interview that went up just this week of a, a guy here in Middle Tennessee where they have a training school in a, a cross-cultural area so people can do cross-cultural ministry, you know, half a day in the classroom and half a day of ministry so that they're getting that experience. I, I think that's excellent what you guys are doing. 
I'm, I'm going to go ahead and transition now um, because, you know, most of the people who listen to this show are here in the U.S. or in North America, and most of them are actually called into the marketplace. They're not full-time missionaries, but that doesn't mean they're not involved in short-term missions or perhaps in supporting another missionary through prayer or financially. What would you tell somebody who is called into the marketplace, but they're starting to wonder if what they're doing really matters in the kingdom? That's a great question, uh, Brian. And hopefully I've got something. Uh, my, I've come to a point of clarity on that, I think, personally, because I know I face that myself, uh, you know, and, and continue to face it. I've been in business for 20 years. I've, I've got a small business. I, I continue to operate and, and work in uh, a small business. And we do work primarily in the U.S., mostly uh, Midwest and back to the East Coast. So um, I went through the process um, of those contemplations. And, you know, I'm, I think I've come through to a point to where I've got some understanding on it. One of the unfortunate things that I've observed in our spiritual culture is the reinforcement of the idea, though it's done silently, I think, the reinforcement of the idea that if you really have some spiritual consequence, that you're, if you have a deep life in God, that you're, you're going to be in full-time ministry. And that, to me, it, it does two things uh, that, that are, are wrong. For one, it, it promotes people who are serious about their faith with a single sort of mindset that they've got to be in full-time ministry if they're serious about their faith. That's not true. Uh, and secondarily, it puts people who don't, for whatever reason, feel like that they have uh, a calling to full-time ministry. It, it kind of, if you will, takes them off the hook of being serious about their faith. I don't think this is something that people are promoting intentionally. But it is out there, and it's real. I believe, and I hopefully I practice, that you can be fully engaged in the marketplace and fully engaged in a calling in God that's consequential. They shouldn't compete with each other, and they're not mutually exclusive. To me, some of the biggest faith lessons I've got have been in business. Uh, you know, I, I, I use what I learn in my daily walk with God in the business, in, my, in, in the marketplace. And those things apply across the board because they're spiritually real. Um, you know, I, I don't do a lot of business in foreign countries. But, you know, I, my business has also helped, helped me be in a position to reach out to places with the gospel or supporting uh, mission missions desire to you know to communicate or or uh, you know having resources to be able to get to a place uh, that if I was trying to purely go by donations I, well, I wouldn't get there. Um, so I, I see the Lord raising up people of significant spiritual consequence, and I, we're talking about in the eyes of God. That's where I want to be consequential. Not in the eyes of man, necessarily. Who cares? But in God's eyes, I want my life to be significant and consequential. 
And I believe I don't believe that people who are in the marketplace are excluded from that. I believe that that is the invitation is open, and and we we should follow the Lord. It shouldn't be either or. And I think that's the way the picture's been painted in generations that get, that were before us. Either you're serious about your faith, or you're going to go get a job. Yeah, that's that is it. It's high time for that idea to perish. That's good. With that, Scott, I'd like to go ahead and transition to the speed round. We've got just a few minutes left, so I'd like to ask you a series of questions, and we'll you can come back at us with your amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? I'll try to be brief. <laughs> What's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? <laughs> can I get a pass? <laughs> you certainly can. Yeah. And, and the next one is similar, uh, but looking back over the years, what's one thing you wish you would have done differently? Oh, man, there's, you're asking speed, deep questions on the speed round here. You got me on the ropes, man. You got me on the ropes. Well, I, 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 I will say that my ideas of ministry early on were, were I was ordained at 23. That was half my life ago. To me, ministry at that time was very important, and uh, and it actually was more more or less uh, you know overshadowed everything else. I think I would have I, I, I should have been a little more relaxed and, and and trusted in the Lord. You know, focused, spent more time with my family, and and not been so uh, you know serious or felt like I was going to be at some risk of of coming up short or running behind. Uh, you know, there's time for everything the Lord ordains and he makes everything beautiful in its season. So I think we don't need to ambition is, it, you know, it drives you to ugly places. And I think I would have been a little more relaxed, a little, a little less ambitious would have been, uh, would have served everyone, including myself a lot better. Wow. It's like you're my brother from another mother. It, my, <laughs> my story's not the same. I wasn't ordained, but I can totally relate to all of that. What's the best advice you've ever received? Ugh, what's the best advice I've ever received? Yeah, good good question. Well, I think uh, I think some of the best advice I've received are is probably from books and things that I've read. I, I, what Tozer comes to mind. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you've read a lot of A.W. A.W. Tozer or C.S. Lewis for that matter, mm-hmm. but a lot of my a lot of my I guess a lot of the people who've had influence on my life haven't been, uh, you know, have been in books. And I, I think that's a valid way to be mentored, if you will. Of course, mm-hmm. the Lord wants to use humans to do it as well. But, you know, I just think of, uh, um, you know, the, the fathers of the faith who went on before us who, you know, in a lot of ways have just tried to reflect us back to the Lord and say, trust. I think the best advice I ever, you know, received was to, Trust the Lord and not feel so um, like I've got to do everything myself. Okay, that's good. Can you share with us one of your personal habits, maybe something you do every day that you strongly believe contributed to what God's done in your life so far? Well, I think it's really important to spend time with the Lord every day. Um, I mean, and, you know, whether that's a devotional and a real, you know, in a real traditional sense or whatever, daily prayer, um, 
routine fasting is also a very important uh, element. <clears throat> Going back to your question about what should people do before they go to the mm-hmm. mission field on a summer trip is fast. So prayer and fasting and routine devotional to me is kind of like a you know it being devout is what I would encourage people to do. I'm not talking about something obligatory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm talking about something that is pleasure. Devotion is tended to be pleasure, and I think that's that's the way the Lord uh, intended it. So, pleasurable devotion is is has uh, been a big part of my life, and I'm thankful for that. And I certainly want to encourage people in that regard. Good deal. Do you have an internet resource, maybe something that you use on a regular basis that you'd like to share with everyone that they could maybe use as well? Um. Well, I I, I will say that. Uh, you know, I, I read a lot of books. I, I, I try to, I try, a lot of that comes, uh, you know, obviously these days you've got access to so much that's on the web. There are a number of places to go there with uh, stuff from the history of, of Christianity. There's a lot of audio sermons out there. I will say this, and, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've, uh, has been important to me my entire life is the subject of leadership. I've been studying leadership for 20-plus years, uh, you know, routinely. I, I want to encourage people who maybe they have a, a feeling or a sense of being called to leadership to, uh, to, to get out to the library's website and check out some audio books on leadership or missions or anything else. Uh, that's one thing I've recently found that's been very helpful to me is the the material that's available for free, um, you know, at your local public library. Yeah, the public library wasn't something I had thought about, but that's a really good resource. I don't know that I can link that up for everybody in the show notes. So for, for those listening, they'll probably just have to go find for your public library where you can do that. But that's that's a great resource. And on the subject of libraries, yeah. is there one book that you'd recommend for our listeners? Wow, I've got. I'm just. I'm sitting right beside my bookshelf as you're asking that question. There's, there's a ton there. I will say that A. W. Tozer's The Pursuit of God is. Uh, it's also uh, uh, now that now that we get to this particular book is available as an audio book for free uh, from. I'm trying to remember the site that comes to mind here. There's a number of uh, classic Christian works that are available for free mm-hmm. as audiobooks. LibriVox.org. I'm answering your question you asked me before <laughs> this one. <laughs> are you familiar with LibriVox.org? Uh, no, I've not used LibriVox. I typically use Audible, actually. Right. LibriVox is, is like Audible, but okay. free. Uh, and it obviously doesn't have all the titles, but I believe that the pursuit of God is available. A.W. Tozer's pursuit of God is available on LibriVox.org as a free download. And that book is extremely challenging, very helpful to me, very motivational, but also has a great uh, a content of depth to it. So it's not just a... Not just a sort of a cheer, a cheer session, but uh, you know, it's a, it's an admonition to go deeper in God and, and and go deep as your heart can go, kind of thing. So the pursuit of God, A. W. Tozier, obviously, I think it also recently became available 
for free on Kindle as a download. So you can get it in on the Kindle or on the Kindle app if you don't have a yeah. Kindle or on LibriVox.org is an audio book. I encourage, I encourage people to avail themselves to that. And I don't think they'd be, they might be offended, but they won't be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. And, and in all honesty, if you're listening to this, you probably already like audio. So my, my preference also is audio books. I actually listen to them, uh, while I'm at work sometimes, if I'm doing something that doesn't require language or if as I'm driving to and from work. So definitely I'm going to make sure that all of that is linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Scott McClelland. So we'll make sure that all of that is available for you. And uh, I, I can echo Scott's sentiment. I don't I haven't actually read The Pursuit of God, but I've read some other stuff by Tozer, and there is just so much life there. It's, it's just amazing. Now, Scott, we're just about done. We're, um, we're actually a little bit beyond the time that we had booked, and I want to be sensitive to that. So could you give us maybe just one parting piece of guidance, and then we'll share the best way p- for people to connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, uh, I want to say uh, thanks for the invitation. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an honor, uh, and I'm thankful for it. It's good to get to know you. I'm looking forward to knowing you more and, and, and sharing ideas and keeping up with your work yeah. as well. You know, in, in terms of parting, um, you know, parting thoughts, um, you know, I, I, if it's all right with you, I'd like to say a prayer instead of give some parting yeah. thoughts. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and mercy to us. Lord, you, you, your, your heart for us, Lord, is full of love, is full of acceptance. You, you desire, Lord, for us to be near you and with you and to enjoy you. Lord, for this reason, you sent your son uh, who made that possible through his, through his death and resurrection. And Lord, I just ask you to reach out and speak, encourage, strengthen hearts, Lord, uh, draw them to you, and then animate those lives, Lord, with your intention, your purpose, your desire, Lord, and the things that are important to you, Lord, let those things become important to us. You made us uniquely. You made us individuals, Lord, and your grace is specific on our lives. I ask for wisdom and revelation to be given to us to enjoy you and to understand the intention of our creation so that we can co-labor with you, Lord, in your kingdom and in your field. Lord, I speak a blessing to every person who hears this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And uh, is there a way for people to connect with you? There is. Um, our website, of course, we're, we're, I think we're pretty much everywhere there is social media. Our website, fxmissions.com, like Frank X-Ray, okay. fxmissions.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at fxmissions as well. we got Twitter to that effect. Specifically, if someone re- wants to reach out to me, they can do it by email or on Facebook. Scott McClelland is a 10-letter last name. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> But uh, Scott at fxmissions.com is my email address. Uh, feel free to email me there, or if you find us on social media, uh, like our Facebook page, or, or send us a message through the web, and we'll be happy to communicate. Anybody who's interested in short-term trips but doesn't have a connection, we know a lot of people, and obviously we're doing that as well. 
and we'd love to be in touch and uh, be an encouragement. Scott, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It's just, it's wonderful to hear from you. But thanks a lot, Brian. Appreciate the invitation. Blessings to you guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Missions show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. Audio editing for this program was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studios. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.